Welcome to Season 4 of Adventures in the Spirit with Jared Lasky. This podcast is not just information, but impartation and activation. We believe that every conversation will encourage, equip, and empower you to live the daily supernatural life. Subscribe to this podcast and then share every episode with your friends and family and be activated. Hey guys, and welcome to another adventure in the Holy Spirit. I'm your host, Jared Lasky. It's been a very busy, productive day. It's been exciting. I was on Heidi Morton Heidi Morton's mental health podcast earlier talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I want to encourage you guys to click the link, my free PDF download, how to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, or also go to amazon.com, purchase my book, The Baptism of the Holy Spirit. But guys, I've got a very special guest today that I'm excited to bring to this podcast. I've got Bill Fisher. He's an evangelist. He went to school uh at the Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry. God is using him in signs and wonders. Signs and wonders follow him everywhere he goes as he follows Jesus. He's got some amazing testimonies of how God is using him in Kenya, overseas, and orphans and widows. And it's a a lot to take in. But I I did some ministry with Bill a couple of years ago in Temple, Pennsylvania. And he has some events, tent meetings that he's doing right here in the United States, seeing the awakening, the great awakening in the name of Jesus come to pass right here. So Bill, welcome to Adventures in the Spirit, brother. Okay. Yeah. Good to be here. Well, it's an honor. It's a pleasure. So why don't you give us some of your background and how God led you? I mean, you are a businessman, but you're also an evangelist. So uh, can you share your story of how you got called into ministry? And we'll just see what the Holy Spirit does, brother. I know it's going to be lit today. It's going to be fire. So, you know, the the short story is I I grew up going to Episcopal Church, uh, had a a good family. But, you know, the only thing that I really remember or got out of going to, to church was be good don't be bad if you go if you're good you go to heaven if you're bad you go to hell and like that was it until my late 20s and then i you know i would drive by this little out of the way episcopal church and think yeah you know i should probably go back to church because i hadn't really been to church since i was in high school and uh one day i i go and like my brain didn't know it, but my spirit knew this is what we're supposed to do because it was a spirit-filled epis- it was a spirit-filled Episcopal church, and people just really were following the Holy Spirit there. Anyway, so the short of the story is, I ended up giving my life. I ended up getting saved, asking Jesus into my heart. But I kind of was living for a while with like one foot with Jesus and one foot still in the world, which was like this total like it was not good, right? It was like, ah, you know, I can't do this. I either got to go all in or I got to go all out because yeah. this like back and forth thing, like, nah, it was worse than no Jesus. And uh, so anyway, this one day I was at this like three day retreat and I'd been in this, you know, process of like, yeah, I, I gotta, I gotta change something. And I just went all in. The last day I got up in the morning on Flathead Lake, sitting out there, sun coming up. And I was like, you know what, Lord, I'm going all in, pushing all my chips onto the table for you. I'm giving you my life. You're already my Lord, but I'm giving you my life. And wherever you send me, whatever you want me to do, I don't care. I'm all yours. Whether I have money in my pocket or no money in my pocket, I'll go wherever you say, do whatever you want. And, you know, in my brain, I thought, well, this means, you know, I'm going to end up in some third world country living in in a hut with a dirt floor because my my picture of sold out Christianity was poor and miserable. That was my paradigm. 
of if you're a, a, an all-in Christian. And the crazy thing was, that's not what happened, right? So I was like an adrenaline junk. Well, it became like my life became like this, the great adventure with the Holy Spirit, Jesus, the Father, however you want to put it. And so from that time on, I've just, I've been on fire for the Lord. And that was in 92. And, you know, had a, had a desire to go to the nation, started out going out on the streets. One of the first things that he, I mean, I, I was like a, a very introverted individual, extremely shy, insecure. But then um, I ended up having somebody pray for me for a gift of evangelism. And then after that, I just thought, well, now I got to step out. So I like risk stepping out. And the short of the story is for two and a half hours in 10 degree weather, I ended up sharing with all these youth that were hanging out at this it was like the, the drug hangout right and i was outside parked outside my truck i didn't even know why i drove up to this place parked in my truck praying in tongues worship music going on a couple kids come out go to walk across the field to another house turn come over to my truck and i jump out and they're like hey man what are you doing here and i'm like well you know all i can tell you is i'm here praying for everybody that's inside because i know there's lots of really bad stuff going on like i didn't even know that till I heard it come out of my mouth. And then I start sharing with all these kids for two and a half hours, 10 degree weather, kids coming and going. And I'm listening to myself going like, I can't even believe I know all this stuff from the Bible. Like, so even though I went to church and, and, you know, said I, all I remembered was be good, don't be bad. But I had, I, there were scriptures that were in me because they're asking me questions and I'm like preaching to them. And I've never preached before. I, I couldn't I couldn't publicly speak before. And I'm like, I'm like so amazed I couldn't even believe it. And I knew from that moment it was like it was great because if I'd have been a good speaker, I could have like credited that to my talent. But because like I had zero of that ability before and I saw that happen, I knew that God showed up for me. And, and that if I would just trust him, that he would always show up when I would open my mouth. And it's literally been like that for 30 years, you know, and it's great. I started out. So after that, I started going out onto the streets. Um, he, he like had me uh, do this Bible study on the word fear. And on the other side of doing that Bible study, felt like he told me, if you'll always do what I've uh, what you believe I'm calling you to do. And don't have hidden sin. Uh, my covering will always be over you. You'll always be safe. And then it was like he asked me a question. But if that day came, like with my son, Jesus, you know, would you be willing to endure even physical pain? And I was like, yeah, right. And so, um, but so he started taking me to the streets. I mean, I've broken up dozens of fights had my, you know, safety at risk multiple times, um, you know, and, and up and actually up until last um, December, never, never once was harmed. I mean, I've had people attack me with like a pipe in their hand running down the street that, you know, clock me and like, I was it's like they run into a brick wall, pipe falls out of their hand. They try and come closer to me. They can't, they can't even pick that pipe up off of the ground. I mean, I broke up a mob in, in Liberia, broke up a fight between Samoans and Marines in Hawaii, um, all, all kinds of just crazy stories where he 
like always kept me safe dozens of times. And it was, you know, just have the fear of the Lord and do, do my best to be obedient, listen to what he's saying to do and love well. And so that's kind of like the brief story. I, I didn't start going to the nations till in 2000. Well, why don't you share with us how that transpired and then share some stories from your most recent trip uh, that you, because you and I talked on the phone yeah. and you shared some amazing stories. So can you share how God opened the doors to go overseas and then your sure. more recent testimonies of what God well, did? So, so in, so I felt like the Lord told me, and, and this was just my story, right? Like he works different with everybody. Everybody has a different set of instructions. So this is just bill story i don't want anybody to take away from this that oh that's how you're supposed to do it no the way you're supposed to do it is have a relationship with the lord listen to the leading of the holy spirit and then follow however he says for you to follow don't just grab a hold of of my experience and be like oh that's how you do it how you do it is listening to the holy spirit that's like my one key for everything relationship and listen right yeah so um so I felt like the Lord said that I wasn't supposed to go anywhere until I was in, unless I was invited. And so I waited for years for an invitation. And in, in 2000, a friend of mine, he um, ended up being Randy Clark's um, coordinator. And he ended up inviting me to go with them to Mozambique and do ministry with Roland and Heidi Baker. So that was my first you know, trip overseas. And then for the next 20 years, I would go once a year, maybe twice a year. Sometimes I'd miss a year, maybe two. And then in the fall of, in November of 2019, I was coming back from Pakistan. And on the way back, I started getting invitations on Facebook and friend requests on Facebook from all over the world, like 250 a day. And in a month, less than a month, I had over 4,000 friend requests from over a hundred nations and over 500 nations to preach. And see, the thing is, it's not like there was some viral video. I don't even have an internet presence. You can't go listen to my messages. Well, which is why this is the second time we're doing this because we we had technological issues using restream right. so we're recording this on zoom yeah <laughs> you're hard yeah. got to reach right and so um so it's not like these people could go listen had heard a message or anything right but in less than a month over 500 invitations to preach in more than 40 nations so i'm like okay god you're like obviously calling me to go more often so when all these invitations started coming in i started making groups separating them all these friendly or all these invitations to preach into groups and then ask would ask people to be a coordinator for like like say nairobi kenya i think i had 15 invitations from different individuals just in nairobi kenya wow and so i asked somebody to be a coordinator for for that group and then i asked somebody to be a coordinator for kenya and then i asked somebody to be a coordinator for africa for asia so that was kind of how i did it and so I was actually planning three trips, one trip every other month. And each trip, I was going to go to four nations for a week. So all that was in the works. And then COVID hit. 
So everything just like went, you know, everything went south, except that um, the gal who was the coordinator for Africa, she kept the groups going, like she kept facilitating these groups and actually others did too. Um, like, like in Bangladesh, the guy who was the coordinator from Bangladesh kept coordinating it. And so in, so in 2020, didn't do anything. 21, uh, it had opened, the door had opened enough that I was able to go to Kenya and Uganda. And so we did, we started in, in Nairobi and then went across Western Kenya, across Eastern Uganda and ended up in Kampala. We did, I think we did 60 plus meetings in 30 days. Wow. Hopping from one city to the next and and I, on that trip, I saw all this land that looked like it was great for farming, but wasn't being farmed. And so I inquired, like, hey, you know, how, how much can, can a person like lease, you know, farmland? And what if so, you know, what does it cost? And it was like super reasonable for, for what, for the profit that you could make. It was 50 to $100 an to lease land. And then you could you could make a return, hundred percent, five hundred percent return on your investment in six months or less. I'm like, wow, this is like a no brainer. So I was like, okay. Anyway, so we ended up starting four farms: three in Kenya, one in Uganda. And the short of that story is, two 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 of the individuals I did it with um, were great, and it was a success. The other two, I cheated and stole from me. And, um, but so out of that though, we now have, um, and I think this has changed even since the last time I talked to you, we now have over 200 acres in, on our main farm in, uh, Homa Bay, Kenya. It's, it's a little scattered. It's not all adjacent, but in two, two 30 acre parcels were given to the ministry um, that are worth over 400,000. And we're now purchasing another 60 acre parcel where the guy had heard about what we're doing and he approached us and said, Hey, um, I've got this 60 acres and it'd be great for farmland. Um, I'll sell it to you for $25,000. So, so we're in the process of, of buying, uh, this other 60 acres that's worth over 400,000 for 25,000. Wow. And um, so, so out of that also, we had um, the Bangladesh team. They were doing like, uh, what do you want to call it? Forerunner work for the conferences we were planning before they all got canceled. And this Muslim guy, because they were going into communities, doing community outreach, right? And anyway, he saw the work that the team was doing and said, hey, if you guys start an orphanage, I'll donate the land. So Ranjit calls me up, Bill, this guy will donate the land if you'll start a, an orphanage. What do you want to do? So I was like, well, I guess we're going to start an orphanage, right? Wow. And then uh, the way that our, our um, only we call them children's homes because it's like once they walk through the door, they're part of our family, right? Hmm. So we don't call them orphans. We call them our children. So we have children's homes, not orphanages. Uh, the way the one in Mombasa started, uh, that was our director, the one that had set up, was the coordinator for, for Africa. 
this lady shows up on her doorstep with a couple of young boys that had been kicked out to the streets from a Muslim orphanage because they wouldn't worship Muhammad. And she's like, Bill, what do you want me to do? That's like, well, I guess we're going to start another home, right? Wow. And so anyway, um, we now have eight homes, Bangladesh, Pakistan, five in Kenya, one in Uganda. And then we've recently started a youth refugee camp in Kisumu, Kenya, where we're trying to take 3,000 youth off of the streets there. And wow. the younger children we send to our main complex where we have about 300 children. And then the older ones, we've basically kind of set up a refugee camp. You can hear God's voice and prophesy. Every person with the Spirit of God living in them can be used by God for entry-level prophecy. Entry-level prophecy is the starting point of an incredible adventure in hearing God's voice and prophesying. Prophecy encourages, comforts, and edifies people. And our heart is to equip and educate you to hear God and prophesy, walking it out as a lifestyle. And that's why we created Entry-Level Prophecy eCourse on CharismaCourses.com. Through this powerful eCourse, you will be equipped to hear God and to prophesy. You will gain the necessary biblical understanding needed to take a step of faith and speak what you hear God saying to see people encouraged, comforted, and edified. In this course, you'll learn about the fruit of the Spirit, the character traits of God, how to receive and deliver a prophecy, how to judge a prophecy, and what foundation you need to prophesy, and what heart motivations are necessary to prophesy. When you enroll in this e-course, you'll also have access to bonus materials and our live coaching sessions. Go to CharismaCourses.com to purchase entry-level prophecy and learn how to hear God's voice and prophesy. So That's you were crazy. recently in Kenya. And so how do these meetings go and what do you see God do through you? Uh, well, I don't want to lead too much on this because no, I, I know some of the sure. outcomes. So, you know, the, the last trip, well, I'll just share a couple of things. Uh, I went in, I went last December to Kenya and Uganda and I went um, to Kenya and Uganda again in February. When I went in December, I wasn't even planning on going. I didn't have the finances. But I woke up one morning and I had two thoughts in my head. One was the invitation from my friend there. And the other was from, well, you know, Heather. Oh, yeah. and, and another was Heather had given me a word. We'd been talking one, one day and, and I had mentioned I was planning to go to Africa in February. And she laughs and says, oh, no, you're going to be there before the end. Of the and, and the guy in Kenya, he didn't invited me to come in December. And I woke up one morning with both of those thoughts in my head and I went and bought a plane ticket. It's out of the blue. Right. Just, I woke up and it was like, I knew I was supposed to go. Right. No. And I, so I just went and got a ticket. Well, then um, Duncan told me that that the region where he was planning this outreach in Northern Kenya, it's called Turkana region was in the middle of this like major drought, uh, a lot of the area hadn't had rain in over a year. And I'm reading about this and I felt like the Lord said, I want you to go and take dominion and bring the rain. He didn't, he didn't say go and pray. He didn't say go and prophesy. He said, go and take dominion. And I was like, wow. So anyway, go there and we're, we're where the farm is at. And, 
we're preaching at a church there. And the Lord has me start preaching this message on taking dominion. And I start taking dominion over the weather 300 miles away in the Turkana region. And it started raining there that day on the outskirts of the Turkana region. Wow. And so then we end up going there and, you know, we're preaching out in the middle of, I mean, you can't hardly find a green twig, right? It's like dry. I'm preaching on taking dominion. And I mean, people are looking at me like we've got five heads, right? And uh, anyway, so a couple of days later, we're driving to the UN, this UN camp to preach there. And I'm just in my head, you know, I wasn't even verbalizing out loud. Oh, and the other thing was we showed up there and it was super hot. And I just said, I said, you know what? starting tomorrow it's going to be 20 degrees cooler wow the next day temperatures dropped 20 degrees wow when we when we left the skies were blue no clouds and i'm just praying in my head i wasn't even praying out loud and it was the same thing i was in my head taking dominion and an hour later it starts raining and it mm -hmm. rains hard I mean, we stop the car, we get out of the car and we're just like freaking out, right? Because it's raining where it hasn't rained in a year. Anyway, um, when, when, when this is all going on, it was like the Lord was saying, be specific, be specific. Yeah. So it was like, you know, breaking curses off of the land, breaking curses off of the weather speak into the atmosphere to be conducive for rain clouds forming commanding the clouds to come together you know just however was you know just trying to listen on to how to take in and part of it was that the the dry rivers were going to run bank full and the vegetation was going to turn luscious green and it was going to be a season of rain not short rain and there would be no flooding and no damage and two weeks later dry riverbeds were running bank full wow yeah and uh so it was like it was like crazy and we were there and the the main city there was a city called lodwar and part of what we would do is we had a we had two vehicles and it, one of them was a pickup and we had our sound system in the back of it and we would just sometimes and and this is duncan i mean he's just like he's like evangelist plus right and he he'll be like oh this is a good place let's do a meeting here you know i mean we we, we would sometimes just pull over put up our sheet show the jesus movie just go for it forward, right just go for it well so so we did this on the streets of lodwar and afterward and you know a bunch of people come and most of the crowd is all these children right so we show the jesus movie preach a message pray for everybody and it's time to go and we're looking around and there's all these children and we know that they have no hope wow. and i don't know who said anything first but i remember us standing there like looking at each other and then looking at all the children and it's like like what we're gonna come here show the jesus movie tell all these kids jesus loves them preach a message pray for them and then wave goodbye wow. so anyway um the next day, we went and rented a duplex with money that we have. And the following week, 
well, he called he called the main complex, which was 300 miles away, to see if anybody uh, of our staff there would volunteer to come and start a new home in Lodwar. And two families volunteered to come the next week, which was the week of Christmas. And so they showed up the next week, and we were planning on taking 40 to 60 children off the streets, and we ended up taking 170 in that week. 170. 170. Wow. Right? And so so anyway, we overwhelmed the septic system, so then we had to fund digging making it like a new a new bathhouse and we had to get a tent in addition to the duplex in order to you know have sleeping area for all these children and what we did while we were there we you know i i noticed or i had the thought man it sure seems like prices are a lot more here could we is it possible that we could like purchase something you know where where the complex is and when everybody moves here then resell it here and Duncan was like, yeah, we could probably buy, you know, wholesale clothing and make like 100% profit on it. So we were able to get together about $2,000 and bought, bought clothing wholesale, took it when we set up that home. And so this is kind of what happens with the homes, too, is that um, with these businesses that we like the farms, we set up the farms to support ministry, but then we ended up starting all these homes. So the farms, basically the farms and other business, because I know I'm going all over the map, but like we have grocery stores, we've got restaurant, we've got gift shop, tire shop, fish farm. Um, uh, you know, I, yeah. I want the listeners to know this. I've had conversations with, with you, Bill, and you don't have partners. Right. You operate solely by faith and there's the entrepreneurial, you're a businessman yourself, farming and, and all that, but God uses you in these amazing ways, signs and wonders following you as you follow Jesus. You have like zero partners, but God provides and you're equipping them on the ground to think outside the box and God provides through businesses. Guys, this is a man of faith right here. The, like book of Acts style, man of faith. Amen. Yeah. And, and I have, you know, I'll say I, I have had people as I share, like with when I'm sharing with you, they're like, oh, I want to help. Right. So mm -hmm. I've had, there is about, there is about um, maybe like a half dozen people that uh, give on a regular basis. Oh, that's and, good. Other, and other than that, it's been um, just, Here, let's buy a house. Let's buy acreage. Let's right? make a farm. <laughs> And, and things and th things are it's like when these things come up it's like the the money's not there to do it when i say yes mm -hmm. but it's like it's like to i'll just say to me it's like no brainers like there's a lot of things that i do that i don't even pray about because it seems like it's obvious right like a muslim a offers of act. right a muslim offers you property if you'll build a home for the children so good. So what, what am I going to say? No, that's kingdom. Right? I love right? it. And so, so we started building this home. Uh, it'll be two years in November and we, it was just going to be a one story home about 1900 square feet. And we started building it. We got done with the first floor and we're going to move on to the electrical and the plumbing and Ranjit, that's the director there. He said, Oh, and by the way, 
So when when this Muslim offered this opportunity to us, that was in the spring, <laughs> spring of 2020. Ranjit and his neighbor. It, so so the next week we started children started showing up at his house. And we got like 60 children. So he wow. and his neighbor have been taking care of these children while we've been building this home in their homes. And they're just, you know, your basic rudimentary homes and not big, but they've been taking care of 60 children there. Right. Wow. And so anyway, this building team that he had, he didn't, he didn't want to lose them because they were good. Like these guys have stayed there the whole time this building thing going on for almost two years now. So he's like, and we built it so we could add on later. And he's like, Bill, I think we should just do the second floor now if we can. And we'll just wait on the plumbing and the electrical. So he was willing to continue housing the children in his house to get the second story built rather than get the first floor finished and get in there. So I was like, okay, let's go for it. And uh, we're, we're close now. We All we need to do now to finish up is is some of the electrical and the plumbing for the septic. And, and then also ended up with this opportunity. Uh, he found out about it last, about out about it last minute where there was a government program where they would come in and drill a well for a fixed cost of $2,600. Oh. And that included the well, the pump, the tank, the whole system. And he's like, Bill, what do you want me to do? Right. And there's no drinking water in this community. Like in order for, in order to have drinking water, you had to, everybody had to boil water. They wanted drinking water. There was no drinking water in the whole community. So anyway, we drilled a well and it was 1500 feet deep, 1500 feet deep. And anyway, now the whole community has drinking water there. So good. And, and that just finished, they just finished that. Um, we just made our first payment. So for that, we just were making $300 a month payments. But so in, in, in West Kenya now, when I went there in February, we got into the schools. Well, actually, the guy I work with there, he'd already been in the schools, but we went into like 30 schools in 10 days, 20, 25,000 students. And out of that, we got invitations to over 65 more schools. And so we're in the schools all over Western Kenya now, and the Holy Spirit's just blowing them up. We've been in, we've been into 14 Muslim schools. We've been into 14. Can you imagine going into Muslim schools and bringing Jesus? Yeah. Now, part of this is through the sports program that we do, but we're having the opportunity to share Jesus in Muslim schools. And, yeah. and we're going back. Like we, we, were, we were able to set up Christian clubs and discipleship programs in schools. In fact, some schools, because we don't always have the funds, some schools are even funding our visits. They're paying for us to come to the school. Yeah. Well, Bill, this has been a great conversation. It reminds me of uh, Chuck Perry you know, decreeing behind the, the storm clouds that the sun is coming, you know, commanding wow. the weather, walking in dominion. Right. It reminds me of just some stories I'd heard of the early Pentecostal leaders back in the day. Can you pray for our listeners to receive a gift of faith and maybe if they're entrepreneurial to just go for it in Jesus name to receive creative ideas for incredible solutions? Yeah. Yeah. So God, I just thank you for 
great faith. And Lord, I pray for myself and for everybody watching, Lord, that you just continue to release great faith. And Lord, I know that I know that I know that there's one way to encounter great faith, and that's to encounter you in more powerful ways, deeper intimacy. Know you so well, Lord God, that we have the faith to believe for anything and that we can trust you, Lord, that we can step out and we can trust you that even if it doesn't work out, that you're the Lord God, our Redeemer. You are the Lord God, our Redeemer. And so, Lord, I thank you that that you work all things together for good for those who love you and are called according to your plans and purposes. And so, Lord, I just bless everyone in developing that deep place of intimacy with you, because out of that, Lord, great faith will come automatically. It won't have to be strived for or anything. It will just happen. So I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Yeah. While you were praying, I had this vision, picture, if you will, of fire and i i have the the power of the holy spirit like burning and reverberating in my bones right now so thank you so very much so very much for that for sharing your inspirational stories bill what is the best way for people to reach out to you if there is a way to get a hold of you <laughs> uh, there, there is i mean i i can give my number i facebook um and if people you know want to give they can give on on um venmo cash app so, yeah. Okay, so on on Facebook, is it B Bill Fisher? Or? It's Bill Fisher, and it's F I S C H E R. And if they're doing a search for it, if they just put Bill Fisher, M T, abbreviation for Montana, Bill Fisher M T, then they'll find me. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so very much, guys. I want to encourage you dive into Jesus, just as Bill was sharing. Draw near to Him; He will draw near to you in Jesus' name, and. As always, guys, subscribe to this, this podcast and share it with your friends and family. Thank you so much for listening to Adventures in the Spirit with Jared Lasky, a podcast that activates you to live the supernatural life. Subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and share it with your friends. Leave a five-star rate and review, which helps us reach more people with the love and power of the Holy Spirit and partner with us at firebornministries.com. And may you live your best spirit-empowered life and have your own adventures in the Holy Spirit.